I know I, I I can relate to that because you don't know how the world is going to respond to you being so vulnerable. Yes. You know, you get a lot of people asking, well, why would you be so open? Or why would you share that? Or, you know, just even some of the people that you may have had those relationships with, like, what are they going to think reading this? Yeah. This podcast is a Cannonball Media production. Welcome to Unfiltered Waters. I'm Missy Franklin. And I'm Katie Hoff. We're giving you genuine conversations to get to know the person beneath the athlete. Unfiltered. You guys, this is one of our favorite endurance supplements for stamina, recovery, and soreness. Extreme Endurance by X Endurance is clinically proven to reduce lactic acid by 26%. This means less muscle soreness. It also reduces oxidative stress by 39%, which means it's fighting free radical damage. If you're looking to enhance your training by enhancing your recovery, Extreme Endurance is such an incredible place to start. I know for myself, I'm doing CrossFit for the first time in like eight years. I am sore every single day, and this makes a huge difference in my recovery. Mm. And X Endurance also has so many other amazing products. Some of our favorites are their protein, their collagen and greens, and their Fuel 5. I love their protein for a quick option if you're on the run but need to get something in. They are informed sports certified and have so many different products that fit your specific needs. You can use code UNFILTERED to get 15% off your order, and we know that you'll see the benefits just as much as we do with these amazing products. If you follow Katie and I at all, you know that we are obsessed with cold water immersion or cold plunging. My experience began as early as 12 years old when our moms would go to the closest gas station after a final session at a swim meet and fill up the hotel bathtub with as much ice as they could carry so we could recover and be our best the next day. Now, thanks to Edge Theory, this experience couldn't be any easier or more available. They have created a cutting-edge, all-in-one portable ice bath and hot tub that can cool the water to 37 degrees or heat it to 105 degrees, all within two and a half hours. It also has a state-of-the-art filtration and sanitation system, keeping the water clean and ready to use 24-7. For me now, cold water immersion drastically increases my energy, especially when I need a boost halfway through the day after chasing around my two-year-old all morning. And I've really been focused on lifting and it really helps reduce my muscle soreness. For me, it's about the mental clarity in the morning. It's the first thing I do. I love getting something really hard and challenging done out of the gate. And that dopamine rush is amazing. So click the link in our show notes to learn more and get your Edge Theory cold sub today. Hello, Unfiltered Waters family, and welcome back. This week is so special. As some of you may remember from our trailer episode, Katie and I talked about starting Unfiltered Waters within the swimming space and, of course, bringing light and attention to the amazing athletes that we have in this community, but that one day, hopefully, we would also be able to extend this podcast into athletes that are not within the swimming community and shine light on their stories as well, and today is that day. I could not imagine anyone 
better to be our first non-swimmer athlete than Sydney McLaughlin Lavroni. As I'm sure you remember, Sydney was the 2021 Tokyo Olympic champion in the 400 meter hurdles. She also broke a games record and was the 2022 world champion and broke the world record there. She was the first woman ever to break the 52 second and the 51 second barrier in the 400 meter hurdles. She is so talented and at only 24 years old, there is still so much ahead of her. We were so fortunate to be able to grab Sydney while she's on her book tour. She just released her first book on January 30th. It is called Far From Gold, Running From Fear to Faith. And that was a huge part of our conversation today is talking about her book, the stories that are within it, her experiences, her testimony, which is a massive part of her life and her story. And of course, the fun things like what she likes to bake, how her and her husband Andre will be celebrating their two-year wedding anniversary coming up, and so much more. This is such a special and encouraging conversation. I know you guys are going to love it. So here is Sydney McLaughlin Lavroni. Okay, everyone. Well, welcome back to Unfiltered Waters. This is so exciting. We have our first non-swimmer. Sydney, I don't even know if you know that, but yeah. you are our first, our first non-swimmer athlete, and I could not imagine someone better. We are so honored to have Sydney McLaughlin Lavroni with us today. And just thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you for having me. I did not know that I was a non-swimmer. Oh my the first, that's our we were talking before and we we're like we need to make sure like we have certain questions that we ask every guest and we're like we need to make sure we change it from swimming yeah. to track and field <laughs> so swimming slips in there we sincerely apologize <laughs> yeah, i'll answer to the best of my ability i know I love it. Well, we, again, are so thankful, especially because this timing is so amazing. You just released your book, which is so exciting. Far from gold, running from fear to faith. It is so beautiful. Your team sent us over a copy that we got to read and it is so beautiful. So we'll be focusing our conversation a lot on your book today about the stories that are in it. And of course, things outside of it as well. But you are currently on your book tour. Your book was just released on January 30th. So tell us a little bit about how the tour is going so far. Oh my goodness. It's been amazing. Honestly, a little surreal. I keep waking up. I'm like, what are we doing in New York? Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, no, but it's been such a, just a blessing, honestly, being able to share my testimony, my story, and uh, being able to just get the word out there and, you know, just share that with the world. It's been just inspiring being able to meet people and hear their stories too so mm. uh super grateful for this time and uh, just yeah trying to make the most of all these opportunities i know it's a lot to take in all at once and katie and i have both written books as well and we've talked with each other about the experience and we both found it almost cathartic in a way it yeah. was very mm -hmm. therapeutic having to relive some of the biggest moments in your life so i know you worked on this book for upwards of two years what was that experience like writing the book reliving those memories and maybe even including things that you perhaps never thought that you would share with other people <laughs> let alone the whole world oh my goodness i would agree completely mm. just being able to go back and live some of those moments again and honestly like think through things I maybe felt short in things that I wish I could redo uh maybe some conversations that it sparked that like maybe I need to reach out to this person you know mm -hmm. like even stuff like that. it was it was very like healing and reflective 
Um, but also like so grateful to be able to see just how far God has brought me mm. um, and how I've evolved as a as a young woman over the years. Um, yeah, I never thought I would have written a book, especially not this early, but I'm just <laughs> grateful. Seriously, it made me like feel super humbled by mm. by all the things that I had to to really think through and incorporate in there. Yeah, I'm interested to hear on my experience writing the book. I actually worked with someone to help me. I don't know if, if that's what you did, but it almost was like I had a coach again because there were moments where I would say something and he was like, mm, you could go deeper on that or ooh, like that was too surface level. And I was like, dang it, you're right, you know? And it made such a difference because it made my book that much deeper. So I'm interested to hear, was that your experience as well? Absolutely. Definitely needed help writing. I was like, I don't know where to start. Like. <laughs> I was like trying to go back to like 10th grade English, like, all right, how should I open this up, you know? Uh, but no, it was very, um, like you said, helpful to have somebody just like, you know, kind of prompt the questions and ask things that maybe I wasn't thinking about and really get more of the detail level. I almost felt like, like you said, therapeutic of like, you're now opening and divulging all these feelings and emotions to somebody as well, who's helping to capture them in this piece of writing. Um, so yeah, me and me and Corey definitely bonded over the writing. <laughs> you basically become your therapist for a second. You're like, wait, you know no, way no, no. too much about me and my life. Certainly. <laughs> and it's like right off the bat too. You kind of just have to jump right in and you're this total stranger and you're like, here is my life story and all of the mistakes yeah. that I've made. <laughs> Let me just vomit all my mistakes all over you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it turned out so beautiful and for those that haven't read it, we want to be, you know, conscious of don't want to share everything that's in it because we want you to read it. It is so, so good. So whatever you're willing to share for us today as we're asking these questions and going along. But was there something in the book in particular that, as I kind of hinted at before, you maybe weren't ever expecting to put into a book, to put out into the world that was a hard part for you to write about, but also you knew that it was so important to share that vulnerability and the lessons that you learned from it? Yeah, I mean, I think some of it was really just admitting some of my shortcomings over mm -hmm. the years, uh, whether that be kind of my relationship with some of my high school teammates or, you know, just uh, having to leave my first professional coach and kind of just some of the, the things that took place that maybe weren't the healthiest on my part and how immature I was in handling those. Uh, I didn't think I would be airing out all of my problems to the world and all of the things I've like done wrong and you know like my immaturity all that stuff but I felt like it was important to show that and and you know that these were real things that happened that maybe behind the scenes people don't know about but mm. at the same time like that's what do you expect when you give so much to such a young person mm, and I yeah. think there are a lot of young people who have so much right now in terms of a platform and all of this access to things. But like, if that's a dangerous place to be yeah. and I wanted to be able to share that I did not handle it properly. Mm. And I pray that, you know, through some of my mistakes and what I wish I would have done would encourage you to maybe handle yours a little bit better. That takes such humility and maturity. And I didn't believe it when I saw that you're 24 years old because everything you've experienced obviously has, I think it, it grows you up so fast going through the first Olympics at 16. Um, but I, I know on the eve of when my book was published, I went through a lot of similar things. Like I aired out my mistakes and talked about different relationships, which I 
thought I could have done better. But it created yeah. a lot of anxiety on the eve of the book launch because I was like, oh my gosh, like how are people going to react? Um, so I'm, I'm, did you have a similar feeling in the pit of your stomach or was it more relief? I know I, I, I can relate to that because you don't know how the world is going to respond to you being so vulnerable. Yes. You know, you get a lot of people asking, well, why would you be so open? Or why would you share that? Or, you know, just even some of the people that you may have had those relationships with, like, what are they going to think reading this? Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, the best you can do, and I'm sure you can relate, you try your best to be honest and you try your best mm -hmm. to show grace to people, even in your writing and, you know, even having conversations with those people and how the world perceives it, they perceive it. But at the end of the day, like, you know, you can't control how people respond. Yeah. And mm. so I think that's what I kind of kept telling myself. But definitely I relate to you. Like a little bit of nerve. <laughs> like, oh my God, I'm telling the world everything I've ever done wrong. And, you know, like my whole life, my relationships, you know, rejection. Like I just, it's a lot, you know? So. Yeah. Well, that's real. I mean, I, I always said I never wanted to write a book unless I was going to be fully vulnerable, fully real. And that comes through in the pages. I mean, like, I told you before we hopped on like that I was in tears on an airplane like trying to like hide it so that flight <laughs> attendants didn't see because when you're real when you're genuine it's just it just hits so much closer to home um I would love to transition a little bit back to your first Olympics and hear about that experience um but first talking about the trials um because that one hit me um you mm. talked about your first experience or your first emotion when you made the team at 16 years old which by the way, youngest track and field athlete since 1972, which is amazing. Um, but you talked about that first emotion being panic, um, which I don't think a lot of people would relate to or, or think would be the first emotion. So can you talk a little bit about that? Oh my goodness. I wanted to, it's been my dream to go to the Olympics since I was like six or seven. Mm -hmm. And so I always thought, yeah, like I literally saw myself, okay, 2024, I'm going to try for the Olympics. Like that was my year. I was like, that's what I'll try to do there. Um, but my junior year, my coach being like, yeah, we're going to go to the trials and just see what you can do. I was like, no, I don't want to do that. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> Those are grown women. Um, and I mean, just going there and getting there, not expecting to make it to the first round, not expecting to make it to the second round and then making to the final and making the team it was just absolutely terrifying mm -hmm. you know because i think i had viewed the trials itself as such a big hurdle that i had to clear that i was like like it said like relieved that that was over with but now it's like you have an uber bigger mountain to climb now mm -hmm. and it looked impossible in that moment and so as happy as i wanted to be that my childhood dream was now fulfilled i was absolutely terrified of what just happened Mm, that emotion is so, so powerful to share yeah. too. And it is hard for people to relate what it feels like being a teenager and being thrust on the world stage. And for you to share that and to be so vulnerable in it was so impactful because I think that that fear is what so many of us feel at certain points of our life. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be on an Olympic stage. You don't have to be an athlete. It can be starting a new job. It can be starting a new relationship. It can be in school. And so it's just that crosses over so many different barriers, which I think is why your story is going to continue to impact so many people reading it. And, you know, your book is your testimony, which is so beautiful. And you talked about growing up a Christian, but almost focusing more so on the, the fearful aspect of God as opposed to 
the joy and the relationship that he brings. So we know that having that fear at your first Olympics was something that, you know, eventually pushed you into fully submitting to Christ and giving your life to him. So what was it from those games and from feeling that fear and the next couple years for you, which I knew were filled with your own challenges as well, that ultimately led you to that place of, I, I need to fully submit myself into God's plan and his love and what he has in store for me in my life. Great question. I think I just saw time and time again, how I did not have the answers within myself of how to deal with a lot of these things. You know, like, I don't know if you guys get super nervous or got super nervous scale competing. Oh, we did. Whatever. We <laughs> did. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> literally not sleeping, not eating, waking up in the middle of the night like eight or nine times. Like I just, I think it got to a point I couldn't use the gift God had given me because I was so debilitated by fear. And I think years of that building up upon itself, even in relationships, I just was like, there's just no way I can live the rest of my life like this. Like it's not possible. It's not going to be enjoyable. It's not going to be anywhere near what God's called it to be. And I think, you know, during that games, just seeing how miserable it made me when it should have been the happiest moments, it just, I knew I was like, God, I need help. (laughs) I need your answers. I need your love. I need your forgiveness. I need your direction because, yeah, I mean, we are not a wellspring of life. We are going to run dry and run empty trying to sustain ourselves. And uh, that was a clear depiction of that for me. Mm. Yeah. And I love the running empty analogy. Yeah, I do too. Because that's something that so many of us feel. And a lot of the conversations that we've had of you get to a point where there's just nothing left and you were able to find that in Christ. And, and your story about that is so powerful. And your now husband also happened <laughs> to come along at a perfect time as well. I was listening to an interview that you both did and you just really could not be more of an inspirational couple, but your husband is Andre Lavroni. He played in the NFL, so he's a professional athlete as well, and is now in seminary school to become a pastor. And I know that he played a huge part and your relationship was just so beautiful and how you centered it fully on God. And he came into your life almost right at that moment where you were like, I need to do this. And we talk a lot about the importance of support systems here. And for for you to have a husband and a partner that is not only supportive and understanding of your life on the track and everything that that takes, but also your want and need to dedicate your life to the Lord. What has that been like for you? Talk to us a little bit about the importance of having that support system in your life. Oh my goodness. That is such a wonderful question. <laughs> like you said, he came into my life at the exact like perfect moment, truly like I had started, I mean, during COVID, that was the time where I was truly coming to the end of myself and I was, I was really seeking the Lord in that time. And he actually, when we first started talking and became friends, we would do Bible study together. And like, you know, he taught me and showed me and shared with me the gospel, you know? So like our friendship immediately was built on Christ. And so, um, before sports, before anything else, before we started dating, that was our foundation. And so... I am so grateful for that support system because in moments on the track or when I'm preparing for these moments, that is where we go to. We go to the word, we go to prayer, we go to um, praise and worship. Like, and he is like, number one, like the biggest encourager in the world. Like, dude is 
the good in any situation and share that and the best in people um but he's also like you said like he was an athlete he gets it he Mm -hmm. understands what it's like to go through these moments and so um i i don't think i would be as successful or where i am if if he was not doing it with me Mm. I want to talk a little bit about how it seemed like he helped you really open up as well. Um, you know, I, that hit me too because, you know, we both have husbands that are so supportive. And I always felt like throughout my career, there was a, a feeling of just being misunderstood. Like I couldn't really have deep friendships or connect to people. And, and you talked about that a little bit. Um, and then it just felt like he really just saw you to your soul and, and kind of held you like, hey, you can open up. This is a trusting place. Um, so can you talk a little bit about how he helped you do that? Oh, I think his he was very intentional and he was very persistent. <laughs> Those are two things that are very hard to find, especially nowadays when it comes to dating. Yes. Uh, there's a lot of just like we'll date we'll see what happens if it works out great you know he was very intentional to the point where he was very honest with me on our first date about what he wanted what he wasn't looking for I was just like whoa like this is a lot like I was so intrigued by it too um because he like you said like he wanted to know more he wanted to dive deeper he asked questions other people didn't ask and wanted to know who Sydney was and he saw more in me than other people did or even I saw in myself and would like not stop until he got it out. And I think, you know, we talk all the time now. Like, we've been together like three years now. And he's like, you've changed so much since I met you. And it's like so beautiful to see, which is true. And I'm so grateful because he's pushed me out of my comfort zone in so many ways that I would have never done if if I hadn't met him. Mm-hmm. What an amazing thing to have in a partner. And I love so much of your relationship and, and the way that you both speak about each other. And one of my favorite things was that, you know, you, you had a list before you met him. And I love the list because it's something that we talk to our friends about who are still single. And <laughs> it's like, you know, you knew what was important to you and you knew what you wanted and you you didn't settle. Like you truly believed that, that these this person, this man was out there for you and for him to come into your life exactly when God knew you needed him the most is just so beautiful. And we also talk a lot about balance on our podcast and the importance of your sport not being what you root your identity in. And so that was another thing that your whole book was just so beautiful because obviously first and foremost, your identity is rooted in Christ and you are a daughter and a disciple of him. And there you're so many other things as well. You're a sister, you are a daughter, you're a wife, but maybe speak a little bit about having that balance and your identity in places that are not just your sport so that those successes and those disappointments don't define who you are. Absolutely. That's a wonderful, beautiful point. And I think it's something that I feel like every athlete, you know, kind of struggles with is you work your whole life for these moments and to achieve this goal that it's hard not to be consumed with that Mm. and to equate your success or your value as a person with those things. Um, And the balance is so key. I mean, just this past season, I had some injuries. I took some losses. It wasn't what I was expecting for it to be. And the old Sydney would have been completely crushed and destroyed by any of that, you know, Um, to the point where there's been seasons where I just wanted to quit. You know, it's like, why do I even do this? I'm not good at it. But like you said, the balance of realizing like 
first of all, my value is already fixed and assured in Christ. You know, when first Peter one talk is about it's imperishable, undefiled, unfading, as well as it's far more precious than rubies and gold. Like there is so much value outside of what we do. What we do is an opportunity to just point the glory back to God. Mm. And, you know, you can enjoy what you do, but it's not who you are. God's given us work as a means to, to glorify him. But yeah, I'm a daughter. I'm a wife. I'm a friend. I'm a sister. Mm. I love to bake. I like poetry. <laughs> I like watching movies like there's so much more to it you know and like i'm sure you guys know we're only athletes out of so many hours of the day yeah. you know the rest of the time i don't know what you guys like to do for fun but like that's not that's not all that we are so what advice would you have to someone not even just an athlete like someone who is is struggling with that and and kind of drowning to find that whole person um i know you you talked about the old sydney so someone who is the old version of themselves what would you what would you say i would say honestly the word has been the biggest kind of tool for me for sanctification in terms of that like the mind will go to certain places but I think the word kind of brings us back to the truth that, you know, Colossians 3, we are we are new creations in Christ and we are to set our minds on things above. And, you know, in him, there is that security of who we are. And I feel like the word is just filled with so many great reminders of that, of our value in him and our purpose for for our lives is to to love him and be known by him and to love others from that place. And so that allows us to go out into our workspaces and do that joyfully with with the assurance of what we have. But I would say, like, I always just go back to the word if I start drifting back to those places. Mm. And you're, <laughs> Andre said something. You can tell he was meant, he was born to be a pastor because he just has these one-liners that are like, oh my gosh, just daggers to the soul. <laughs> but one thing he said that I loved, uh, I can't remember exactly what it was that you guys were talking about, but he said head knowledge had not yet become heart knowledge. And oh my gosh, I just felt that so much. And one of the other comments that we've had recently is we talked about the saying, fake it until you make it. And I was talking about how that was never a phrase that worked for me because no matter how much I told myself something, I really knew in my heart that it was not the truth. And if you don't know that in your heart, like there's just, there is no faking it for me. And I know for some people that that does work and that is what they have to tell themselves. And we're huge components of everyone doing what works best for them. But knowing that your identity is rooted in places that are unchanging and unmoving, do you feel like that has taken pressure off of you in the competitive space, knowing that you're not just doing this for you and also again, that the outcome, it's not dependent now on your self-worth or your identity. You're already set in that. So has that helped alleviate some of that fear that 16-year-old Sydney had running on the track? 1,000%. I mean, being able to go into a race, and I I talk to myself in my head a lot before I compete, and I'm always just reminding myself, like, first of all, the outcome is already secure. Like, God knows what's going to take place today. He already knows who's going to win this race. And so I can rest assured that his will is going to be done. My job is to now give everything that I have to this moment. And I'm just reminding myself, you're running for him. Like I, I truly like envision him from heaven, just watching me and like having a front row seat and watching me perform and me wanting to perform to the best of my ability because I know he's looking down. And so like I can 
have peace of mind to know that, yeah, whether I win or lose this race, as long as I did everything that I could, and even if I get a chance to put that microphone in front of my face, the glory's going to him. You know, like I'm, I'm still good. They, they, I, I took a loss like a few years ago, came in dead last and they still interviewed me. And I was like, what, why are you doing this? <laughs> no sense. They had me and they had the winner. And I was like, this is just so awkward. Um, but like just stuff like that. It's like, okay, but I can still glorify him in this moment. Mm. And that is the win, you know, yeah. like that, that is what it's about is as long as I have the opportunity to proclaim him, I'm going to do that. And mm. so it helps if you cross the line first. That's great. That's amazing. But like at the same time, like you guys said, my, my identity is not in whether I win or lose. Mm. And that gives you, I mean, so much grace and humility and loss as well. Like that leads to such beautiful sportsmanship to, to know oh, that right when you're still able to, to <laughs> glorify something that matters even more to you, even after that. And I don't want to wash over this because I know this is so beautiful hearing you talk about it, but I want to make sure people understand you are an unbelievably competitive human being. Like you want to win. <laughs> you train day in and day out. Like you have this beautiful gift that you are giving everything to as a way to say thank you for, for that gift that you've been given. And I know this was something that I personally struggled with, but when it is something that matters so much to you and you are so competitive and it is your career and your profession, how do you balance that competitiveness and that love and passion for your sport and what you do and not allowing it to become an idol and to overtake mm -hmm. those other identities? Everybody knows that Katie and I are podcast co-hosts, best friends, and former teammates for Team USA. What you may not know is that we are also hydration accountability buddies. Dialing in electrolyte intake can be beneficial for anyone prioritizing and restoring health through hydration. It also makes your water taste so good. Element is an electrolyte drink mix free of sugar, artificial colors, and other dodgy ingredients. We have always been really picky about what we put into our bodies to fuel it properly, and Element seriously checks all the boxes to keep us healthy and hydrated. And guess what? We are giving a free gift with purchase to all of our Unfiltered Waters family. You can receive a free element sample pack with any order when you purchase through our custom URL, which we will link below. The element sample pack includes one packet of every flavor, eight total, perfect for finding your favorite flavor, which mine, by the way, is watermelon. This offer is available for new and returning customers who click our link. You can even get a free sample pack with every element purchase by purchasing through our link. Drink up. You guys know that Missy and I are always on the lookout on ways to strengthen our immune system, improve our fitness, and of course, our hair and skin. We both recently discovered an incredible product in Armra. So what is Armra exactly? Armra is a proprietary concentrate of bovine colostrum that harnesses over 400 functional nutrients to strengthen your immune barriers and fuel cellular health for a host of research-backed benefits. The biggest benefit for me has been strengthening my immune system. I am constantly on a plane and on the road, and it's helped so much. And for me, I dealt with so much postpartum hair loss after having my daughter. Armora has helped so much in terms of getting my hair back to being healthy and strong. So we've got a surprise for you. We've worked on a special offer for our Unfiltered Waters family. You'll receive 15% off your first order. Go to tryarmora.com slash unfiltered. 
or enter unfiltered to get 15% off your first order. That's T-R-Y-A-R-M-R-A dot com slash unfiltered. That's, that's a wonderful question. And that I, that's something over the past couple of years that's been like a challenge too, of like how am I this meek and you know, mild, gentle woman that the Bible talks about, but also mm-hmm. like a competitor that wants to destroy everybody. You know, like these balances, yeah. like how do you how do you do two things at once? Um, and like you said, not letting that overtake, you know, um, and consume you. I think the balance is God's, first of all, God's given us a gift to compete and uh, the gift mm-hmm. of sports and the, give, the love of sports. And even the Bible talking about like, it uses track references, running the race and running it well. Runners run as to win and, you know, compete to win the prize. So I think it's a beautiful thing to be able to get to do that in real life. Um, but ultimately knowing that the prize, the true prize is salvation. The true prize is Christ. The true prize is that assurance. I think, you know, I, I love competing. It's a natural part of who I am. And even sometimes I still have to remind myself like, okay, what, are you doing this for you? Or are you doing this for him? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's very easy to get into that mindset. But um, I think that's why just being in community of fellow believers who mm. can ground you and keep you humble, truly, I think that's huge. Um, and then also just that consistency in the word that's going to always remind you of what matters more than um, our earthly success and riches. Mm. I know the consistency piece. <laughs> no, I know. I'm I'm interested to hear. I know I know some people um, might be out there listening, like not ha- haven't accepted God as their Lord and Savior, and ha- haven't um, gone down that path, and it can be intimidating um, to some. And I would love to hear what you would what you would say to them of kind of your path and and really when you had that moment where you whole- wholeheartedly did did so. Um, what would you what would you say to them? a great question it was very intimidating for me as well um just because it can seem like you know people know so much about something that you know so little on and it's like Mm. how am i gonna how am i gonna get to that place um i i'm grateful for you know just community and people around you who can bring you along and teach you and you know i'm true christians and true believers are happy to share the gospel they love Mm. to share the gospel they want to teach and share with you the knowledge that God has imparted to them. Cause ultimately it's not coming from you, it's coming from the Lord. And so mm-hmm. I think for me, that's what, who Andre was, was someone who could mm-hmm. help show me through the word, what it was. Um, I remember we started in the book of John and we read through the whole book of John and read that gospel and just, you know, learning who Jesus was and um, asking questions. And, you know, it's not, it's not this immediate thing. I think it's, it's, we're all walking and growing in our faith every day. Um, but I would just encourage them to, to seek the Lord because he draws near to those who draw near to him. Mm-hmm. Amen to that. And I, I want to get into as well, like this, it's just so powerful to have you speaking this life in, into us and into all of our listeners. And as we mentioned, I think something that's going to be really fun with you being our first non-swimmer is one of the best parts about your book that I love too, is getting an inside look at your training and yeah. track and field. And there was certain things that I was so taken aback by, because I think my mind is just so automatically set so wired. on swimming yeah. <laughs> that I love. Loved hearing more, and I think it was 
it was either trials or the Olympics in Rio, but there was like a 48 hour wait time in between, you know, your rounds. And that is not something that we deal with unless it's different races. Cause the way that swimming is, is you have prelims and then semifinals. And then the next night you have finals. And I remember reading that and going, oh my gosh, if I had to sit in my room for 48 hours and wait for the next time I was going to come of Lots of thoughts, lots of thoughts. So much. So if you would, we would love to hear a little bit about your training, about the competitions that you have coming up. Obviously, it's a big year. Um, We're going into Paris and we know that you have your sights set on that. But what does life look like for you right now as you are gearing up for a really exciting summer? Yeah, right now, I mean, I, I'm coming off a little bit of a knee injury last season. Mm-hmm. So right now I'm just, I'm healthy right now, just trying to maintain that. I'm sure as you guys know, like health is wealth yeah. when it comes to these oh, yeah. sports <laughs> competitions. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's a long season. So mm-hmm. track and field, there's people already getting ready for indoors. I think I'm going to pass that up and just get ready for the outdoor season. So these are the building blocks right now. This is where the work gets done and and we get ready for august and you know god willing have some have some good results so uh, and when is uh track and field olympic trials those are the end of june end of june okay, okay. so same similar time to as, us yeah very similar and that's good and also do you guys get a break in between making the team and going to the games or is it straight in because i think we now have like a three ish three days yeah three days <laughs> if you make the team you get to go home for three days and yes. then go that that reaction yes, yes. i'm guessing <laughs> <laughs> what is it like for you guys <laughs> We go to the trials and then we have, I mean, you have like three weeks to do whatever you need to do. And then you hit on oats. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. So we make the team. You have about three days to go home. And I think originally there wasn't even three days. Oh no. Like you would go straight into, we go into a training camp with the whole team together. So we do one that's national and then we do one international that's on a similar time zone to where the Olympics are being held. And then we all head to the village together. So it yeah. ends up being a, literally almost, yeah, a yeah, full four to five weeks away of just amazing. But it is a little bit chaotic kind of going from, from one thing to the next. And we always say that trials is infinitely more of a pressure cooker than the actual Olympics themselves. Is it the same for you guys as well? The U.S. team is the hardest team to me. Like yes. there's yeah. so much talent that if you make that, that is like the first hard part of the year. And yeah. then you worry about the Olympics, you know. <laughs> yeah. it is, and the emotional roller coaster of watching your friends and teammates either make or not make the team. Like there's, of course, the physical exhaustion, but then you're also sitting there just like so emotionally drained. Like you yeah. said, you're just empty because you're like, you're so happy and then you're so sad and then you're so excited and then you're so disappointed <laughs> and it's just such a roller coaster. <laughs> yeah, I, wa- I wanted, I had, there's a, such a special moment that you talk about um, Allison Felix being one of your idols and someone you looked up to. And I know Missy and I experienced this where you go from idolizing these people and you're like, oh my gosh, and you put them up on a pedestal and then suddenly you're on the same team as them. You're competing yes. with them. Um, can you talk about your relationship with Allison as she's just such a legend in the sport? Being able to train with her for two years and just honestly, like you said, you you watch people growing up and now here you are and they're standing in front of you. It's like, wow. Like It was super... Um, humbling and encouraging just being able to to train under Bobby with her and just see 
she went into practice every single day like it was competition. Like every day mm -hmm. was the same level of intensity and focus and intentionality. Every block start she did was as if it was an Olympic final. And just like being able to witness that and witness her demeanor, uh, never complained about a workout, never, none of that was just like everything was so intentional. Uh, I was so grateful to be able to pick up on all of that. And then just even the wisdom she would impart, you know, we went to the Olympics and Bobby wasn't there because he didn't have his passport. Oh, <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I need to hear that story. <laughs> Me and her, you know, are there, and, you know, he's still trying to figure it out back here. And I just remember just like her, you know, really just guiding me and asking me if I needed anything and just being there, you know, and being more than just like a track star, but being like mm -hmm. a great person. Mm -hmm. um, that to me is where like the transfer is just so much more important, you know, like because mm -hmm. you see people compete and it's like you're amazing at what you do, but how are you behind closed doors? You know, mm -hmm. that's where I really feel like the respect comes from is how humble and poised and elegant she is as a person. And that's what I like really appreciate about Allison. Mm. Oh, I love to hear that. I know. And she is like that. She's just such an incredible human being. And what she's accomplished is incredible. But I would totally agree with you that it's who she is even outside of that. That is even more so. And we we place so much emphasis on the role of mentors and of being a good role model. And I know it was something that Katie and I both took so seriously and it was never at any point, I don't want to speak for you, but a burden to, to an have honor. that opportunity yeah. to be a role model and to have that example. Now that you are in that position and you are the Allison Felix for, for so many and you have this beautiful platform that you're using Talk a little bit about what it means to you to, to have that, to have that role and to now be one to share what you have shared, to be vulnerable and pass on what you have learned to, to everyone that is now continuing to come up and looking up to, to who you are. Yeah. I love the word that you said. It's an honor, mm. you know, like it's, it is an honor and it's also a, a wonderful responsibility um, to know that there are young girls and, and boys, you know, but uh, especially the young girls like looking up to you and, you know, watching what you do and how you carry yourself. And um, I always wanted to have like personal relationships with a mentor. You know, mm -hmm. that's one thing I felt like growing up. I wish I would have had someone I could actually call and talk to and ask yeah. questions to. And so there's been a few girls over the past few years that I've gotten the opportunity to do that with. And I love it. I, I truly love it. I, I want to be able to share anything, you know, wisdom wise or experience wise uh, that would help them in their mm -hmm. journey that maybe I wish I would have learned sooner or whatever it is. Because, yeah, I mean, that's that's all we can do is just impart the wisdom that we have and and allow them to blossom. And it's cool to just kind of see them grow um, mm -hmm. the same way. I'm sure that, you know, others have watched us grow. Uh, absolutely. And I'm such a firm believer that we go through the things that we go through in life. So then we can help others yeah. go through something similar. And it's something that, you know, in both of our books and just in our experience in sport through our disappointment, as hard as it was, I was able to then talk about it in a way that I never would have been able to had I not 
gone through it myself. And so obviously hindsight is 2020 and looking back on it, but it's been beautiful. The guests that we have had mm-hmm. on that have said through all of their hard times, through what they experienced, they, they would not change it because it has made them the athlete and the person that they are and the role model that they're able to be in helping younger athletes. So going back and looking at your career as a whole, what is something from those hard times where you were questioning whether or not you were going to keep going, whether or not this is something you were going to do that now sitting here, you are so thankful for because you know, it was part of God's plan and shaping you into who you were meant to be. Hmm. I would, I would probably say Rio, Mm -hmm. honestly, I'm grateful for that experience. And, um, just those feelings of absolute terror, uh, uncertainty, not knowing what's going to happen, not knowing what to expect. Um, you know, and yeah, just, I I think the world stage at such a young age is such a daunting place. But I think now more and more we're seeing these young athletes doing such amazing things so soon. (laughs) How are you guys so good? So like so young. It's so it's crazy. But uh, I'm grateful for that experience, even though it may not have been the best experience, you know, performance wise or even just emotionally, um, because now I know what those feelings are like. And so now when I encounter a young athlete who's dealing with some of those same emotions, we can talk about it. Mm-hmm. I've been there and I experienced it or even just like you know that that young kid who does make their first Olympic team this year and may not know where the food court was because I didn't know where it was and <laughs> I can point them in the right direction because I was eating myself all the time like stuff like that you know like um just being able like you said to to help others because you've lived those experiences and you know what those feelings are like so mm-hmm. You talked about, you just talked about McDonald's in the village. And I always think it's so fun to hear everyone's kind of behind the scenes stories in the village. Cause I don't know about you, but I always get asked like, well, what goes on the village and what happens? And like, it's almost like this mysterious thing. Do you have, <laughs> do you have any fun stories or memories that have come from the village at, at both games? Oh my goodness. Um, well, the Tokyo Olympics was a little bit harder because it was a COVID Olympic. Yeah. So there was so much that we could do. Um, so that one's a little tough. But I would say, oh my gosh, Rio. I like, it feels like a lifetime ago. Yeah. Uh, but it's also because I was so young. I was just like so confused as to what was going on. Uh, <laughs> but it was so funny, like taking the elevator with the gymnasts and like yeah. all of the kids. I'm just like, I don't want to look at you like I'm scared I just was looking up like this Ray Hernandez and some little vials and I'm just like I feel so uncomfortable right now you know like you're doing great things and I'm just trying to go back to my room it just was like so funny um but you're like hiding like, your McDonald's bag behind your back you're like, like don't just- judge me <laughs> I hope you can't smell the nuggets but it's fine uh, but yeah I mean, it's so cool just seeing all these different athletes from Mm -hmm. all over come together, you know, Um, and people that you grew up watching, maybe from different sports. It's like, oh, you're standing right across from me right now. You know, like that to me is the coolest part of the village and and, um, just having everybody together is so cool. So cool. And the mutual respect 
that's just like automatically there. I don't think I've shared this story on here yet, but one of my favorite memories from the village was actually also from Rio. And I remember we were all sitting there, or no, excuse me, it was from London. And we were sitting there and I always describe the, the dining hall in the village as like Costco on steroids. Kind of, it is like kind of like Costco. Like, it's like just massive, and there's all these different stations, and you get all these samples of it's like free Italian, food. like Mexican, like all. <laughs> it's really cool. We we're all sitting there, and it was lunch hour, and I remember everyone just stood up and started clapping, and we didn't really know what was going on, and so I just kind of obviously started doing it too, and so I stood up, we started clapping, and I had realized it was because Usain Bolt had just walked into the cafeteria oh my gosh. and every single athlete in there stood up and gave him a standing ovation. That's And it was just so powerful because I was like, this, like, this is what the Olympics is about. Like these athletes are all so incredible and talented in their own right. And yet we're still willing to step back and look at the people around us and just be amazed and yeah. honored to, to be in their presence. And it, it's such an incredible and special thing to be a part of. And I know Tokyo is a little bit different. So hoping that, you know, this summer, those experiences are, are still there. And we know you're about to go into, you know, media blackout too, really honing in on what's to come. So as you look at these next few months, what are some things that you are going to do for yourself to really hone in and make sure that you are just healthy and happy and, and at the best that you can possibly be. Wow. Well, first of all, that story is beautiful. <laughs> beautiful. I can really imagine just like the atmosphere in there, yeah. you know, um, London was like the best to watch truly like amazing. So, great. so fun. Um, I think over these next few months though, uh, just take, like you said, taking a step back, like mm. no social media, none mm -hmm. of like, just really just focusing, number one, on what we're trying to accomplish. Um, and then just protecting not only physically, but mentally, mm -hmm. you know. We live in such a digital age. There's so much influence that comes with that now. Um, and I think I do my best, perform my best when I'm detached from that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just really rooted in God's word and in the truth and allowing that to fill me up and not so much like the opinions of others because it's very easy to start very, scrolling yes. and looking yeah. and seeing all the things. But um, yeah, I mean, we're going to train hard. We're going to pray even harder and just let God take care of the rest. You talked about baking earlier. <laughs> Do you have a go-to? <laughs> right now, focaccia bread is like my favorite. Oh. I know, but I'm like also gluten-free at the moment, so that's tough. But, you know, I I like to bake it still, so if you guys want some bread, I will send it to you because I just like making it. I mean, we will never turn Never that say down. no to bread. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love that. And baking is so fun, too, because it is – I feel like it's different than cooking and that you have to be pretty specific. And so it really does take your mind off, off of, of everything because you're so concentrated on what it is that you're doing. And I believe yeah. also you and Andre will be two years in May. Yes. Is that yeah. so exciting? So I know that's getting close to everything, but will you guys do anything special to celebrate your, your two year wedding anniversary? I hope so. I don't know. <laughs> I think he has finals that week, so maybe oh. maybe once he finishes those, we'll go to dinners. Yeah, that's a, it's a lot going on for both of you right that's now. A lot. <laughs> who's the who's the planner and kind of the romance person in the relationship? He is for sure. 
Yeah, he's like, first of all, he's a he's a super planner. Like that man is organized beyond belief. He's helped me get organized because I'm not organized. Now. <laughs> um, and then also, yeah, he's uh, yeah, he's a little Romeo. So. So, so well, definitely deserved. Yes, I mean, yeah. your people need to read it in the book. I'm not going to say anything, but the proposal was just, I mean, oh. exquisite. <laughs> Thank you. I know. I loved hearing and reading in the book all about how you guys met. And again, as Katie said before, we're both so fortunate to have the support systems and husbands that that we have. And so I'm I'm a massive romantic. Like you are. I, I'm just die <laughs> die hard romantic. And so any of these stories, I just like live for. But please, uh, before I forget as well, pass along our luck for his finals and everything that he's doing. I know it is so much work, and he's been doing so much alongside supporting you and likewise you supporting him. So we will start with our final three questions. Yes. I don't want this to end, but like, I want to. You were literally on tour right now for your book. So like, okay, we can't keep her forever. But we have the same three questions that we ask every single one of our guests at the end of our episode. So the first one is, what is a moment within the sport of track and field? There you go. Not there swimming. Go. <laughs> that has brought you the most amount of joy. I would say the world championships in 2022. Mm. Um, after the race, just being able to go and hug my family and Andre and just the joy of having them all there for that moment. Yeah. And getting yeah. to celebrate that too. I, I remember when I got to see my parents after winning my first gold medal and I hadn't seen them in a few weeks because yeah. we've been at training camp. And so to be this little 17 year old and to finally get to see my parents and hug them and let alone with, you know, something that I'd wanted for so long, it, it was more so that moment than actually touching the yeah. wall. That was like, okay, this is, this is real. And yeah. it's for all of us. That was so special. Oh. All right. Well, same question, but a memory or moment that's brought you the most joy outside the sport of track and field. Getting married. Yeah. I yeah. would say for, for my wedding day, just like surreal. Um, so beautiful. Just that, that moment and those memories um, that launched us into almost two years of marriage. Just mm. so exciting. When you look back on your wedding, is there like one moment from that day that just automatically pops up and just relives in your head? Oh my gosh, when I started walking down the aisle, he was falling. Uh, <laughs> I always look at the groom first. You have to look at the groom. Yeah, yes. it's the best. It's the their faces and normally they don't cry and then they cry and it's just like the best. It's, it's the so best. sweet. So Sydney, my husband and I have a, a almost two and a half year old daughter. Her name is Caitlin. And we have one of these, which I highly recommend. It's a, like a motion book. So it's like a coffee table book, but you open it up and it's your wedding video. And so that way it's like really easily accessible to watch it. But my daughter has been obsessed with watching our wedding video. And so every night when we're eating dinner, she's like, pictures, mommy and daddy, pictures. And we open it and she's just watching. And so my husband and I are like, are reliving our wedding every single night. And it's just been the best thing ever. (laughs) That's so sweet. It's awesome. I highly, highly recommend. And our last question is if you could pick one word to describe something that you are working on, something that motivates you or something that just is encompassing who you are right now and that you're really trying to lean into, what would that word be and why? Oh my goodness. 
This is the tough question. I know. Uh, we end oh, with the hardest okay. one. If it's only one word, I would say relinquish. And if I had two mm. words, I would say relinquish. Control. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. I think I, I definitely this year just want to not feel like I'm holding the Olympics like this and just have an open mm. palm about it. And if the Lord places anything in my hand, praise God. If he doesn't, praise him as well, you know? So that's what mm. I'm working to do over these next few months is have everything with an open palm kind of mentality. That's beautiful. I know, especially again, it's not just applicable to an Olympic athlete. It's Anyone. for everyone just going into your day with an open palm and just relinquishing that I think is yeah. so beautiful. Well, Sydney, we cannot thank you enough for your time. You so Again, much. for everyone listening, Sydney has just released her first book, Far From Gold, Running From Fear to Faith. It is so beautiful. Cannot recommend it enough. Again, not just for athletes, not just for followers of Christ, but for everyone. You write it so that it's truly impactful regardless. And we are just so proud of you. We are so excited for your summer we will be cheering for you so loudly we hope the rest of your book tour goes amazing but thank you so much for being here with us today thank you guys for having me i really appreciate it of course of course (laughs) so much fun Thank you so much for listening and watching Unfiltered Waters. We are so grateful for your support. If you could please hit that subscribe button on any of the channels that you're watching and maybe even give us a rating or review, we would appreciate it so much. Thank you again, and we'll talk to you soon.